Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to the Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Chapin, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Our guest, Heather Hale, is a film and television director, screenwriter, and producer with over 60 hours of produced content, including 20 new episodes of the television talk show Lifestyle Magazine that she just shot in May. She wrote the 2000. $5.5 million lifetime original movie, The Courage to Love, which starred Vanessa Williams, Stacey Keach, and Diane Carroll, and directed, produced, and co-wrote the $2011 million feature, Absolute Killers. Ms. Hale has served as the Independent Film and Television Alliance's industry liaison for the American film market. Heather's book, How to Work the Film and TV Markets, a Guide for Content Creators, was published by Focal Press Rutledge in 2017. And Carol, we recently interviewed Carol about her, uh, Heather, about her brilliant new book, Storytelling. Yes, Claire, and I tell you, we were both so pleased, uh, Heather, that that's why we wanted you to come back and share how to work the market. So we really thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure and my honor. Thanks for having me back. Okay. Well, let's get started because your book is like the Bible for film and television markets. I, I have worked markets for years when I had my, my film company. I had to go to NATPE and uh, the National Broadcasters. I went everywhere. It was always at a convention. Mm-hmm. And learning how to get the most out of these markets is the best thing possible for filmmakers. So what we want to focus on are the benefits of going to Sundance, Real Screen, and the American film market. Now, your book is really excellent on what to do before you go, so we'll cover that, and we'll start with AFM. So just give us a brief overview of this market, because it's coming up in November, as it does every year in Los Angeles. But now is the time to get ready to go, right? Yeah, it's, it's never too early to start preparing for a market or a festival. Um, actually, you should be preparing year-round if you can. But if you're focusing on one project or one market or festival, um, a 90-day prep is awesome. That gives you time to uh, polish your marketing materials, perfect your pitch, research and prioritize and strategize your prospects at the market. So, you know, um, in terms of what they have, all the markets and festivals have screenings and cocktail parties galore, as you know, and networking and educational opportunities. Many of them have round tables and special events. So um, actually all of their offerings evolve and change because they have to compete with one another and they also have to reflect a constantly changing marketplace. So at the AFM, their market floor has something like 400 buyers from about 70 countries from all around the world, and there's typically around 10,000 projects being pitched, um, actually exhibited and um, bought and sold at that market. And they have uh, 29 theaters going, which is kind of amazing, simultaneously. So about 300 feature films are screened 
most of which are um, premieres, um, either world or U.S. premieres. And so that's really the core of what they call the market. But the AFM also offers all sorts of other things. Um, they have six half days of conferences. Usually those are two panels, uh, like between nine and one in the, over at the Fairmont. And those are finance, pitching, production, distribution. And they've actually recently added television because the industries are converging. And this year, or maybe last year, they added um, an afternoon writer's workshop and an immersive summit for virtual and augmented reality. So it was excellent location expo. So there's all sorts of things that are going on there. Wow. Okay. So there's yeah. 400 buyers from all around the world that are there. Now, <clears throat> is that really the point of going? Is that why you want to go to meet those people? Well, there's all different reasons why people go. And, um, and that's a really important thing to think about is why are you going? But um, kind of everybody who's anybody in the film industry can be found on the market floor or over on the TV markets uh, in the TV industry. So you'll, you'll meet sales agents, distributors, production companies. And so these events uh, are they're like, the trade, like the trade show of the industry where all the buying and selling takes place. But it's also about networking and building relationships year-round. And so these markets and festivals – afford lots of opportunities to meet as many players in the business in one location at one time as possible. So it's this concentrated um, venue. And so lots of deals are made on site, but there's also lots of deals made in between all these different annual events that populate the calendar. So um, it's, just, it's just a great opportunity to, to network. Um, I always think you should be networking a couple years ahead of your needs. So it's great if you're, if you're booking a deal there. But one thing I think a lot of people don't know is that the exhibitor list is publicly available. So whether you go or not, you can go on to the AmericanFilmMarket.com and they have the exhibitor list um, available. And then if you pay to go, you get access to Sinando and my ASM and that gives you all the participants list. So they have like, kind of like a LinkedIn that allows you to connect with everybody electronically and only exhibitors get access to the accredited buyers list. So it's also the only way to screen at the AFM. So there's just everybody who's anybody is there. And if you're buying a product, uh, buying, I'm sorry, selling a, a film, pitching to raise money, trying to a attract talent, trying to get buzz and heat, there's all different reasons. And then plain education. Wait a minute. How would you attract talent? Uh, there. Well, I don't know they would. Well, there's several ways. One is if you're doing. Um, a lot of people use it for press releases and publicity and those kinds of opportunities. But the real way to use the market for at least an independent content creator is if you have a short list of the kinds of talent you want. Let's say you have ten, uh, not necessarily A-listers. If you're an independent producer, maybe you can, but maybe some up-and-coming TV talent, maybe some indie film darlings. So you have this short list of five for this role and ten for that role. You can take those to sales agents and have, if, if you have good relationships, and sometimes even if you're just uh, polite and courteous and they have time, to say, you know, is this the, are these the kinds of talents that you would commit to distributing? Uh, if there are investors that you can meet with, is this the kind of talent that would, you know, be bankable? 
And they will say, yeah, those three are great, but lose those two, and here's two others you should consider. And that kind of industry information is priceless. And you can vet your list there. So, of course, you can meet all sorts of talent there, but you're not obviously going to be meeting an A-list. You could be. I mean, Clooney raised money there. A lot of people raise money there. But it's really more for, for most independent content creators, research and finding information and networking to find who might be a possible investor and who might know who who could help you get an attachment. Okay, so when you say that it's it's really uh, also for selling your film, let's say that you're working on a feature. Um, how far ahead do you suggest someone goes? Well, I don't think I don't think you can ever go to a market too soon. Of course, you can um, reveal information too soon, but going is never it's never too soon. So people go at all different stages. They go when they have a film in the can that they're trying to sell to distributors. Maybe they, whether they were in the festival circuit or not. Um, sometimes exhibitors like to use the festival circuit as a marketing campaign, and other times people will have exhausted the festival circuit, and then they'll be looking for distributors to pick it up if they didn't win and they didn't get any accolades. Um, a lot of people will go while they're in principal uh, photography, and they'll come with maybe an edited complete scene that is a maybe they don't have a trailer for the project yet, but they have one fantastic scene that they've edited together that shows the production value and the caliber of talent, and that's something that they can show to distributors. Other people go at the script stage. Some people go at the idea stage where they have just a one sheet and a verbal pitch. So I don't think there's a right or a wrong time to go. Of course, it depends on, you know, the power that you have. If you're an A-lister, you can pitch off a one-sentence line. If you're an unproven commodity, sometimes it's helpful to have uh, be locked and loaded with everything that, you know, people say that uh, film is worth more sometimes before it's shot because that's before it's been executed and you know what the production value is. And some projects, they have to be shot so that people can actually see the vision. So it just sort of depends on the spectrum. If you're a micro budget or you're trying to raise serious money, um, it people, people go with films um, that have been partially funded looking for gap financing. So the, the market, it is, it is the entire ecosystem, and um, the AFM is but one dot on the calendar uh, that goes all around the globe year-round. Yes, and, you know, I teach with Tom Malloy, and he's always saying that if you're in, if you live in America, go to the AFM if you're making a feature. Uh, because yeah. it is the best thing we have going. And uh, yeah. he says, even if your film is in the very beginning stages, get there, get to meet people, I and agree. get your card, and then go back when yep. you have something. Also, well, now, one thing that kind of blew me, one thing that blew me away was meeting people. You know, you have your hit list and your prospects, and you do all your due diligence and your research. And I sat down and I was pitching to a distributor and she pulled out a notebook, and she'd been tracking me. So that was no. kind of mind-blowing. Yeah. <laughs> so what I'm, so you, just you getting their business card, they got your business card too. So they might be tracking you as an up-and-coming independent producer. So you want to start planting seeds. That's why I say, you know, network two years ahead of yourself. If you're trying to shoot something in 2021, go now. It's also 
humbling to walk on that floor and see the 10,000 one sheets and posters and, you know, it's this cacophony of chaos of buying and selling. And it makes your tiny little baby project feel so vulnerable and precious. And so it's, it's simultaneously humbling and inspiring. And you can see all the projects that are like yours and how they're marketed and who markets them and why it might not be right for that distributor. It's, it's kind of mind-blowing, expansive in what you learn, and it, it, it will, uh, it's a paradigm shift for you. You, you. you walk out of there going, wow, okay, these are the million things I need to do now. <laughs> yes, yes, but at least you know what you should do yes. because you've seen someone yes. else has yes. reached that, and that means if they've done that, you can do it too. Yeah, and I think it, it's really uh, – uh, a shot in the face of all that you don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's what every you don't year. Know. It's just, it's, yeah. It's like, Oh, okay. Here's where I am on the spectrum. So yeah. I mean, I just <laughs> think you, 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 are there are probably things you learn that you don't even realize you've learned for for months to years later. So it's just, it's just this immersive, it's kind of like learning a second language and you're just going to that foreign country and you're just, boots on the ground, walking the streets, looking at the neon signs, trying to take it all in. And it is, um, it's, it can be quite overwhelming and intimidating, but there's nothing to it but to do it, you know. Get your boots on the ground, right. start walking those halls, and figure it out. Exactly. Well, what about the conferences? Do you ever attend those, and do you think they're beneficial? Yeah, that, that's kind of like their crown jewel. I I've been to the AFM many, many times, and, of course, I've worked it and helped run the conferences. Um, I think they're really valuable. So the AFM is, is typically a week long, and it's usually Wednesday to Wednesday, the first uh, first week in November, or first Wednesday in November is usually when it launches. And so this year it's the 6th to the 13th. And the conferences, like if you buy just an executive badge, it can be eight hundred to fifteen hundred dollars, which can be pretty pricey for an um, an independent producer. So the industry plus badge is for six hundred bucks, and that gets you five of the six conferences. And in the old days, I would always buy that, and then I would pay extra for the finance conference. But it looks like uh, they have RB from Stage Thirty Two doing uh, producing studio films with independent budgets this year. So, you know, you might be able to skip the normal finance panel because that might be really more focused on what independent producers. But, yeah, the, not only are the, those two panels, so each half-day conference, really worthwhile, whether it they do, like, pitching, distribution, um, finance, all different. And this year they're doing TV. Um, not only do you learn a lot, from these panels of experts. And as I think I said, I used to program them. So I used to be the one that booked all the speakers for those panels. So they really get a great uh, cross-section of people, but also networking in the hall. There's 500 or 800 people in there learning the same thing you are. So it's really, and, and then if you don't know a soul and you go, you might be able to have lunch with the person sitting next to you. So that's, you're beginning your networking there. So it's, it's great on all, and, and you have, ice-breaking content because now you've just watched this panel, you can go have lunch with some strangers and talk about what you've just learned. So it helps facilitate the networking. That helps you, your edification in terms of the education because you get to hear it, speak it, talk it, discuss it. 
I think it's just, and then you've got all those speakers that you now know who they are, a little more about their personality, what their company does, what they might be looking for. And before you know it, you've got 30 people on your hit list and 30 new friends. So it's a really great way to dip your toe into the, um, into the marketplace. And, and quite frankly, I think they, they may have done that to keep all of the independent producers off the market floor for the first few days. <laughs> keep them busy. Well, yes, this is what Tom says. Uh, don't go. Yeah. Don't, don't bother the distributors the first few days because they're really busy. But by the second or Absolutely. well, he said by, by Friday, was it um, after Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, maybe by Saturday you can get in, right? Which is, which is actually, and, yep. yep, honestly why they do the Industry Plus badge, which is Saturday to Tuesday, because they really want to drive the independent content creators to, to not be there. I don't want to say cluttering up the floor, but you think about from the producer or from the exhibitor's point of view. So maybe it's five, six hundred bucks for you to go, which is a lot of money for an independent content creator. Those exhibitors are spending eleven thousand to fifty thousand dollars. Some of them, if they do what? like a top floor ocean view, they could spend a hundred and twenty thousand dollars just for the office space, not including their airfare and their hotels, because they're not sleeping in these rooms. They're they they actually take the Lowe's Hotel, take all the beds out, and put in office spaces. So I, one year I was the one, only person sleeping there, <laughs> or there's one other person sleeping there. So there's, it's all <laughs> office space. So when you think that they've spent that much money, I mean, even a single meeting table room is like 4000 bucks. So that first week, leave them alone, because they've come from all around the world and paid to sell. So they are there to sell their content, their inventory. That's what they're looking to do. And they, you know, often all year long are building that week so that they, where whatever country they're coming from, they've come and booked appointments nonstop. And so you need to leave them alone to do their business, which is why they kind of corral all of the independent producers over into these uh, conferences and stuff. But then, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, that's, that's the best time to be going in and pitching your own stuff. And you have the opportunity of using, like, my AFM and Fernando trying to reach out and book appointments. Um, but that's, yeah, definitely. Well, tell me about Fernando because everybody says that it's even better than the uh, what we have. Yeah, Fernando is actually really fascinating. It's um, it's an online kind of like a I don't want to say LinkedIn, but it's it's an industry networking website portal, but also I think it was originally designed as a screening platform. So way before all the things we have today. So I don't I think it was the Cannes Film Festival that started it, but Sundance uses it, AFM uses it, a ton of other places use this software. And what it allows you to do is not only network and uh, connect, and it's kind of like if you think of IMDb Pro or Variety Insight, you get everybody's contact information. So you pay a subscription to get access to this information. So it's like an online yellow pages of the old days, but also the screening platform. So, you know, at a festival, you go and show off your film, and no one ever wants to see it early, and no one wants to see a rough cut. But in the industry, these people see rough cuts. They see, you know, animation with holes. They see all these things. So you can actually put in 
safely put your content without fear that anyone's going to steal it because everyone's in the industry and this is how they buy and sell and show. So when you play your, say you've got an indie thriller, you can actually, it gives you a report that everybody stopped at minute 11 or, you know, that they, they can, you can tell when people stop watching so you know where your weak points are. You can also see who saw it, so you have a um, record of that for any purposes that you may need. And then all the people who've seen it, so you could send out this link, get them to see it. So what people don't realize is often at a market, they may have watched everything before coming because they're coming for face-to-face appointments. They're not coming to watch movies. Like a festival is all about the watching the movies, but a market is about buying and selling, and it's a trade show. So Sanando yes, facilitates buying that. and selling. Right. This is where yes. the deals go down. That's what John said. You want to see yes. all the deals being made, get on that floor, watch it. Wow. Yeah. Now, and, and, and take advantage of those opportunities face-to-face. Yeah, like there's all these screenings, but you can watch movies later. Like see those people, meet those people that are not in your country half the time, you know. Yes, meet those people. Now, in the book, you do a marvelous job of uh, co- uh, talking about taking meetings at the market. Uh, so let's mm-hmm. talk about that, please, and start with um, respect the exhibitor's time and space. Yeah. Well, like we were saying, they've spent an incredible amount of money to be there. So you want to just make sure that when you walk in, if they're on the phone, if they have, you know, be respectful. Obviously, if you can make an appointment in advance, that's wonderful. But you can't always do that. You also don't want to walk in and be like, excuse me, who is, like, you can find out who the person is that you need to talk to. So if you're, if you're pitching a project that's in the can, you're probably looking for someone who has acquisitions in their title. If you're pitching something that you're wanting them to fund for finance or um, maybe commit to an advance for distribution, you're probably looking for someone who has development or creative. So do your due diligence in advance. Know who you're asking for. You know, it's not hard. The catalog that you have has their suite number, their contact information, everything. So put notes down. You're walking down the hall. You know, there's several floors of exhibitors. So you know when you go to this suite, you know who's going to be there. So it, hopefully you have an appointment in advance. Um, and even if not, you have your little one sheet, your postcard, your whatever you've got. And say, you know, I want to see Mary Jo Smith. Um, is she available? Oh, no, she's not. Oh, could you leave this for her? Could I set up a time? A lot of those appointments are 15 minutes in and out, in and out, in and out. And uh, that, it's quite amazing. So don't be late. You know, just respect that they're there. It's a, I don't want to say a revolving door, but it's, it's, a, it's a mall for selling film and tele- mostly film, but also television. Okay, great. Now, let's go to real screen, because I've been a teacher at Prive Rents, and I'll tell you, they take really good care of everyone who comes. Best food I ever had. You get in these little rooms with tough cable acquisitions people. It's all very up close and personal. What do you think? Yep. Well, I I think real screen is a a wonderful event. Uh, It's very professionally put on. It's been put on for you know, 20 years, 22 years, something like that. But real screen, as you know, is all about nonfiction and factual film and television. It used to be more television, but it's all, they're all converging now. 
But if you've got a documentary or unscripted or reality formats, anything from true crime, docu-soap lifestyle, game quiz, talent shows, reality competition, that's what you're selling at real screen. Right. And it's, uh, when, uh, do they have it back east every year, or are they moving around now? Uh, it was in Washington, D.C. for the first 20 years, and now it's in New Orleans at the Sheraton. So last, this year was the first time, and uh, this upcoming next year is January is when it is. Um, will be the second in, year in New, in New Orleans. Oh, yeah. who wouldn't want to go uh, from the east exactly. coast? Yeah. And ironically, that's where, that's where Natsy used to be. So they're, they're sneaking in there. So, yeah. That's great. Okay. Yeah. So um, in your book, you say how to work the film and TV markets, uh, and you cover meeting a mentor and meeting the expert. All right. So talk about those for us. Well, those are events. Those are uh, embedded offerings from RealScreen. So RealScreen, as many other events do, offers all sorts of networking opportunities, and they each try to keep customizing the things they offer. So at RealScreen, you can sign up in advance for two meet-a-mentor sessions where you can talk to top producers in unscripted programming and ask, you know, off-the-record questions in an intimate setting. You can also sign up for two meet and expert sessions that are with uh, top actual agents and distributors. And they also have uh, 30 minutes where about 40 people on a first-come, first basis uh, can meet with unscripted buyers and commissioners, which is really valuable because you get to hear them talk candidly about their programming needs, what their future strategies are. Um, and so, you know, at Real Screen, just like at the AFM and other markets, there's pitching and showcase opportunities. So you just check out their websites and see what's happening this year. I think at Real Screen, the pitching opportunities and, and the showcasing are by lottery. And they also have lunch and roundtables where you can sit down in small groups and pick the brains of commissioning execs. So, so some of them you sign up for, some of them are lottery, some are first come, first serve. So, and, and Real Screen has their online portal too, which is called Real Exchange. And so that allows you to connect with people who are going to the Real Screen Summit um, in advance. The, these those um, portals are really valuable because gearing up, you know, a month, two, three months in advance, you can be setting meetings. But even a month or two after, it allows you to reach out, send a one sheet, send a link to a, a civil reel or trailer, whatever. After the fact, so that's really important. And Real Screen also has Real Screen West in Santa Monica, and they've just—they um, still have that, but they pulled the Real Screen Awards, and so those will be done in January in New Orleans. So they did. And Real, uh, they did yeah. shut Real Screen West in LA, right? Is that as I beneficial? Yeah, Real Screen West in Santa. Well, I mean, obviously, if you live in LA, that Real Screen West is in Santa Monica, so you don't have the travel expense. So that's important. Like Real Screen Summit in New Orleans is about you know fourteen hundred bucks, not including airfare or hotel. So these things can get expensive. So that's why if it's in your neighborhood, you know, you're taking it for granted if you're not hitting the ASM or Real Screen West if you live in LA or wherever you live if you're not hitting the market or the festival that's near you. And another thing I think is really important to pay attention to, every one of these events have early bird specials, 
and you save a hundred to three or four hundred dollars by honoring those. So if you're thinking about going, you know they're huge events to put on. So it's really helpful for these events to know who's coming. So pay attention to those early bird specials and also. A lot of the groups like Women in Film, uh, Film Independent, all these different groups always have uh, discounts, you know. So look for discounts. Do the early bird. Whatever. It's like a rate card. Nobody pays the retail price. Get those discounts. Get the early bird specials. You know, pay attention to that because you might be able to find some really good deals. Oh, that's good to know. Thank you very much. Okay. Now... Um, you are saying um, let's get preparation over because I want to cover more about preparation on people getting ready and then we'll go to Sundance and get started on that. So what should they people be doing before they get there? They have to have their log line, their one sheet. What? Give us an outline. Yeah, I think obviously having a fantastic log line is really important. Having um, a great one sheet, if you've got it, that would be fantastic. Um, you know, a, a pitch that's polished that you've practiced, uh, anything like that that you can have. And then any, you know, it, it's funny because both of the books are completely on these, the whole gamut of pitch and marketing materials. So um, I, I go through the, you know, great titles, perfect logline, an additive tagline, which would be great. If you have a succinct synopsis, which is really helpful, sometimes even having a few of them, a paragraph, a page, two pages, you know, you want a home run, one sheet, and obviously a fantastic script, at least that's the hope. And those pieces that you're getting ready for a sale at the end of the day are the elements to a successful sale, whether you're doing a market or not. So, you know, it's, it's very easy to list what they are, but uh, executing them is a different thing, but, but getting ready for market, even whether you go or not is getting you ready for a sale. Cause those are the pieces, those are the elements. Exactly. And when you speak about both books, they are how to watch the uh, work film and TV markets, a guide for content creators, that's on Amazon, and story selling, which is on Amazon and Michael Weesey Productions, MWP.com, right? Yeah, and actually when I wrote How to Work the Film and TV Market, um, I it was like a 500-page book. It was it was going to go on forever. Like because it's it's actually when you think about it, it's part almanac, part Zagat, part compendium. It's literally all these different events around the world, what they all are, and then how to work them. So it was it was a lot in crammed into one book, and it became really clear that I was way too long. <laughs> so I pulled out about 100 pages, which was all of this preparing the marketing materials, and that's what story selling became. So it, it, it just it couldn't all fit in one book. But they very much, they go together completely. So one is literally about the different markets, um, specifically about the different markets. So if you're going to hit one, there's all sorts of tips and tricks and budget-saving things and um, some really good ideas. Like Real Screen, it used to be with Washington, D.C., there were ones um, other people you could hit because their offices were there in Washington, D.C., but that's going to change. But, you know, wherever you're traveling to, there are companies there. So you want to make the most of those travels. And and that's 
that's another thing with the, how to work the market is people who they don't understand the difference between a market and a festival would end up spending a couple thousand dollars to five thousand dollars to travel to the other side of the world and realize they were there during the wrong week. You know, oh, I have so of course, mm-hmm. yeah. So you could be there. You're there for the festival and not the market, or vice versa. So it's just you know, as a storyteller myself, I just it was it's this convoluted, just huge landscape that nobody had ever bothered to try to break down and explain, and I needed to do it for myself. So. I think the story selling allows you to kind of walk through step-by-step here all the pieces you need of the marketing materials and then which market are you hitting or which festival and how are you going to approach it. So come up with a good approach strategy, who, who's your hit list, rank your priorities, and, you know, even your calendar. you got to rank the priorities on your calendar because there's a cocktail party, there's a workshop, a seminar, like what, and then in the middle of all that you've got a pitch. You have to pick and choose where you're going to be and sometimes – you're casually having cocktails at a happy hour and you're supposed to be somewhere else, but that meeting that you're having is better than the seminar you were going to go sit in or the screening you were going to go watch. So you have to constantly be adjusting your the highest and best use of your time and energy. Well, that makes me want to know, do you work with filmmakers <laughs> uh, and do you give classes on going to festivals and markets and how can people reach yeah. you? Yeah, I do all different kinds of workshops and seminars. I love teaching at festivals. I've taught probably almost all of them. I I, uh, I love – it's a great way to travel, as you know. It's the most fun way to travel because you get to meet people and talk about what you love. And I do work um, as a consultant, um, heatherhale.com. I have um, – I do a creative and marketing analysis, which I think is really wonderful that whether it's a script, a book, a project, we figure out – who your best prospects are and the best approach strategies, how to, I do pitch packages, budgets and schedules, business plans. I, you know, we're all in this business trying to buy and sell content. So I help, I help a lot of storytellers around the world tell their stories and try to help them get them to market. Wonderful. So, okay, let's get into Sundance. So tell us what you think are the benefits for filmmakers to go to Sundance. Well, I mean, it's like any of the other, you, you have a concentration of people who are either in the business or at a film festival um, who love film. You know, they're your greatest core fan group. So you're meeting the people. Often I feel like the markets are the business and festival is the art. So you have people who have a greater appreciation for the director over in the festivals you have a greater appreciation for the art. You have fans there. So it's not all about what did it sell for and what was its budget. So I think you you might be able to find your tribe and relax a little um, at, the, uh, at a festival. And Sundance, of course, is the biggest and the best, um, at least in the United States. You know, it's, um, it's the number one in uh, – not necessarily the number one in North America because there's Toronto too, but it's definitely the biggest – Film Festival in the United States, and it launched our independent film scene. So I think Sundance is, um, you know, there's something like 3,600 film festivals around the world, and Sundance is always in the top 10 um, as the most important. And it's great for publicizing. It's great. If, if you have a film that gets accepted into Sundance, 
or your script gets into the Sundance Lab or anything, the minute that press release goes live, you're going to have sales agents and, and managers calling you. And I think being an alumni, the benefits are ongoing and lifelong. So it's it's kind of the cradle of the American film movement, and it's it's a it's a, so much fun, and it's a great family to be a part of if you can get in there. Right. Well, uh, tell us more about this Sundance Institute Labs. Well, um, Robert Redford founded the festival in the 70s, and the lab was founded in 81. And so they have, I think, what, four decades? Something like 60 countries participate. And it's basically an incubator for distinctive voices. So they bring screenwriters, directors, producers, studio execs. Um, they even now are doing showrunners because they have an episodic program for television. And they pair the fellows one-on-one for pitching sessions. They group you together so there's great um, networking. They're in the television program. They simulate the writer's room. And so not only do you get this in-depth, intensive, immersive experience during the lab, but year-round you get support, introductions. I mean, it's, it's not, not the Midas touch, but it's like you've been knighted, dubbed, worthy, you know. And so there are grants and fellowships all around the world. It's, it's an amazing program. Um, to just Sundance.org is their website, and you can find out tons more. But it's a, you know, it's, that would be a gift. To get into the to get, to get accepted into Sundance Film Festival or to be um, accepted as a fellow in the Sundance Lab, it's that's like you know the gold ring. It's, it's a huge uh, feather in your cap. So it's certainly something worth striving for. Tough to beat. And uh, what? So you suggest that uh, filmmakers go look it up on the, the Sundance website and find out what is involved in getting into a lab. Yeah, well, there's several different labs, and they actually have uh, affiliate programs all around the world. So it's not even just uh, Utah. It's all around the world. They have different labs, different, all different kinds of programs, and they're, you know, also constantly evolving. So I go to Sundance.org, check out what, they, what they're having, what they're doing. Any event that they're doing is, is always world class. And it's, I think they also have their heart in the right place in terms of helping artists craft their content and nurture them and help see these voices um, be heard. So, um, yeah, like a lot of times there'll be embedded Sundance events at other festivals and markets and, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of uh, collaborative uh, partnership type joint venture things that different events are doing. So every year is different. Every year is different. That's great. Well, Heather, thank you so much. We've learned a lot about the difference between sure. uh, the markets sure. and the festivals. And I think you're right when you say the markets are for business and the festivals are the art. You can relax a bit yeah. there. Right. Yeah. But now we want to know where people can buy this brilliant book, How to Work the Film okay. and TV Markets, and your story-selling book. Well, of course, everything's available on Amazon. And um, if you do buy it, I would love for you to leave a review. Um, both publishers have it. As a matter of fact, uh, How to Work with Film and TV Markets is on Taylor Francis, uh, Routledge, you know, Focal Press. There's, like, so many mergers going on there. 
but um, there's a code, FLR40, that's posted on my website, and there's a link, and you can get 20% off if you use that code. Um, and, yeah, Michael Weezy has the Good. storytelling, and, yeah. So, yeah. And, and how can people reach you? Because you're just loaded with information. Oh, thanks. Well, I'm um, Heather at HeatherHale.com is my email, and it's my website as well. So H-E-A-T-H-E-R at H-E-A-T-H-E-R-H-A-L-E.com. And actually on the website, there's a story cell, there's a, a link for books, and there's a how to work the film and TV market that has a calendar of all the events with hyperlinks to all these different markets and festivals. And there's a calendar, which is really fascinating to see them all in context of what's going on where. So that if you happen to hit one, you can see if there's another event going on somewhere. And then um, I also have on story selling, there's all these free film and television resources. There's the union uh, matrix of all the different uh, low budget contracts. There's, samples of pitch packages it's really I tried to put everything that I could talk that I use when I'm writing a business plan or when I'm doing a pitch package the things that are really helpful there's sample sizzle reels ripomatic all the stuff you couldn't actually put in a book I just keep loading on the website as just free giveaways to anybody who um, is trying to you know write or produce um, and sell create and sell content so I just try oh to, to help as much as I can. Thank you so much. Okay, so uh, first of all, you have a calendar of all events on mm-hmm. uh, how to work the film and TV market website, mm-hmm. right? And it hyperlinks That's, to all a- the events. So I have, like, it's got all the film markets, co-production markets, film and TV festivals, TV markets, award shows, and it has it, you know, by month. And then each of them have show you which events are affiliated. So you could hit two events like, you know, Berlinale and the EFM. So whatever is going on simultaneously that if you flew to Berlin, this is what you could hit at those, you know, or if you were in France. So the different events that are going on at the same time, which award shows are embedded in which markets or festivals. And so, you know, if you're trying to plan a calendar, and then I also have um, – Another thing that's really valuable on the website, you know, in the book, the books are black and white. So I have all full color key art samples on the website of the stuff we used in the book, but you can see the color differential, which is so different. And then there's a creative brief if you're trying to do your um, key art for your film or television project. It's a, it's a downloadable free creative brief from Dog and Pony uh, Creative, which is a boutique ad agency that customizes for film and television, largely independent. But if, if you can get everyone in your team to do answer those questions, you can make sure you're all making the same project. You know, sometimes you have different ideas of what the tone is or what the genre is. And so if everybody were to, you know, everyone on your project were to write, answer those, I do that with all my projects, have everybody answer them. And then let's talk because that dialogue that opens up that debate is fascinating for, for, you know, fine tuning your project and honing in on what the log line should be. What are the elements that should be in the poster? Um, are we missing a key scene that is, you know, uh, indigenous to this genre that we need to have? So anyway, every resource, I could, and, and if you guys have resources, please let me know. So I try to put out everything that, I think would be helpful. 
Wow. I can't wait to check out your website. Thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. All right, Heather. Well, best of luck to you, and thank you, Claire, for hosting the show. Yes, always uh, a and pleasure. Thank you for, yeah, thank you for hosting these terrific podcasts, Carol and Claire. It's a really great service that you do. So thanks for having me well, again. Okay, you're most welcome. Thank you, Heather. We'll be on your website. Don't worry. It looks like it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, we will. All All right. helpful for your listeners. Thanks, guys. Okay. Thank you. Thank Bye. you, Heather. Bye-bye. Bye. Also, I want to say to our listeners how grateful we are for the donations that you have given at FromTheHeartProductions.com to support our podcast. Carol and I sincerely thank you. We'd also love to hear from you with your ideas for more shows. What are some topics that you would like covered? Who would you like to hear interviewed? We'd always love to hear your feedback, so just contact us and let us know. And please join us again for our next podcast on the art of film funding. Now in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to The Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone.